welcome to Racing Only Better ahead of the November meeting at Cheltenham, which is where the majority of our focus will be on this show. And I'm going to introduce the boys and I'm going to go straight to Kevin because you are just off the ultimate gravy train, Kevin. How was the journey to and from the Cartier Awards? Um, yeah, lovely. In and out, no mess. And got there yesterday, back home this morning. Yeah, <laughs> great night. Um, actually, look, it's nice to be invited, Vanessa. So I said we better go over. And my, my good wife came over as well. So grand evening for all. Did you Mrs. It? Kevin Blake, Mrs. Yeah. Kevin Blake, Mary. Mrs. Kevin Blake, as yeah. she's known, as she's known around the village of Golden, as you can be sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, did you get a good table draw? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Liz Price on my left, Leo Powell on my right, uh, Jean Claude Rouge. Um, who else was over there? Yeah, no, good, good draw, good draw. And Tony Calvin, who did you sit next to at the Cartier Awards? <laughs> <laughs> Unless he's moved to his box room, nobody. <laughs> if I, Tony, Tony, if I gave you a hundred pounds, would you go to the Cartier Awards? <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting next to my right hand last night, so... Yeah. <laughs> Dan Barber, how are you? Yeah, I did enjoy that. It's like um, you'd you'd scored an, a shock early goal last week, hadn't you, with that gravy train trip to Breeders' Cup, which was obviously working for <laughs> But Kev's picked the ball up at the halfway line and he smashed one into the top corner to each other. Well done, Kev. Well done, Kev. Yeah, well done. Um, guys, we should get stuck into the racing because we have three days of action to get through, obviously kicking off with Cheltenham on Friday. But before we do that, just a reminder of Betfair's racing offer this weekend. It's Bet 10, Get 10 on racing multiples Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So do get involved with that offer if you can. And Tony, we better come to you for Weather Watch before we start giving our selections. Ground and weather at Cheltenham for Friday, please. Yeah, well, we're, we're uh, doing this just after three o'clock on, on Thursday and literally Cheltenham have just changed the going to good to soft, good in places and good to soft. So looking at the going stick reading, and looking at the forecast, I think they could be even watering by Friday night. I, I really do think. I, I think the meeting is going to start on good ground, and it seems to be quite warm, very dry, bit of wind. Yeah, I think they'll bottle it and start watering on uh, Friday night or Saturday morning, maybe. Okay, so not much rain in the air, artificial no. rain instead. Um Okay, well, let's get stuck into Friday's action. We'll start with the 145, the handicap chase over the two miles. And we will start with you, Dan Barber. You've got three horses in the top of the betting here. Grey Diamond, the Glancing Queen, and Amarillo Sky. Grey Diamond, 100 to 30. Glancing Queen, joint top, 100 to 30. Amarillo Sky, next best, at 7 to 2. Um, who do you fancy and why, basically? they're All all those three horses I just mentioned are coming in, making their seasonal debuts. Mm. And they're all shorter prices than I thought they would be in a race like this, to be honest with you. My first port of call was a grey diamond just on the, the Sam Thomas angle. Wish all him and Di Walters as well, obviously, as you got to say. Um, just because the horse been given a chance by the handicap. Remember, we did that race race in better last year where he was upsized when he sprawled and landed at the last. So I thought, oh, yeah, I want to be with him. Thomas has got all these chases ready to go. But then you look through the make for the race and it looks like it's going to be a burn-up. And I know they don't often come back at Cheltenham as old pal Cool Cody. We could d discuss him later. But several of these want to get on with it. And I just thought it sets up very nicely for the Glancing Queen at the top. She's a strong traveller. I think she might actually be better at two miles than further. She went off four to one to win a plate. 
and she'd run in the dipper prior to that where she was second to L'Empresse and she had some obviously very good novices like Fantasticus behind her and not saying she's screaming value at the moment, but I still think she's a bet at the price, particularly with the way this race could unfold. Okay, would you agree or disagree, Kevin? Um, I'm disagreeing. I, I agree with the read of the race. I see, I see plenty of pace. Um, can hold up very well, as Dan alludes to, but um, it can be, you know, sometimes they can overdo it because everyone's thinking the same way. And um, Malistic, I, I was surprised the price he was. Um, I thought he'd be shorter after that comeback at Kelso last time. Um, like got a fair way back and um, I finish off really well like like maybe should have won um, gets to compete off the same mark here I think a well run race around this course and distance will suit well and um, I don't think we, we've, we've seen the ceiling with him just yet um, so I'd, I'd be hopeful he'd run very well like I say I, I thought he might be amongst the market leaders to be honest after after that season of return maybe it's not, not the most fashionable connections maybe but um, yeah, hopefully he'll, he'll defy the odds makers and uh, run a big one. Defy the odds makers. Are you looking at a bit of bigger price to TC in this race? Um, not really. I thought it was a tricky one. I'm not at a bet, but what I would say is uh, the glancing queen, if you don't think she's a good price now, um, she actually opened up at nine to four. Uh, but as I put in my column, Alan King in the weekender uh, on Wednesday, he actually said this, this mayor, uh, she missed a, Missed about a few days because of a setback two or three weeks ago. And she, and he says she's just ready to run. So that would worry me if I was back in the glass in Queen. And that probably explains the drift from nine to four uh, for the opening price for the sports now to 100 to 30. So I'd be a little bit wary about that. Uh, there's been a money around for a few. Captain Tom Cat, um, that's the first time blinkers. Newland's got a good, uh, I think he's got about 20% strike rate with first time blinkers. So that, that is coming for a bit of money. And Fugitive is six things into tens as well. So there's been a few backed against it. I was going to go with Amarillo Sky, but I was put off by the fact that um, he has come on for a run on his last two starts. And in a recent stable tour, Tizard said he was eyeing up a, a two-mile Newbury handicap chase on, on Coral Gold Trophy Day or whatever it's called. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I was looking to get... Just learn the name of the race, Calvin. It's not that difficult. <laughs> you're, stu- you're stubborn old mule, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Gold Cup. It's the Gold Cup. The Coral Gold Cup, isn't it? Coral Gold Cup, sorry. Coral Gold Cup. <laughs> yeah. You're not a Coral Ambassador as well, are you, Blake? <laughs> <laughs> he could be anything at this stage, Kevin. Yeah, he could well be anything. Uh, <laughs> in short, I thought Emero's guy was handicapped to play a big part, but a bit worried if this is... Uh, he'll, he'll come on for the run as, as his two previous... Seasonal debut suggest. I can't okay. a bit more on that fugitive. I do think fugitive's got a good racing in this season. TC mentioned him. Whether tomorrow or yeah, tomorrow's the day, I wouldn't be dead sure, but he can definitely win a good handicap him. Okay, on to the 220, two miles forward, novices handicap chase. John McConnell has hereditary rule in here at 100 to 30 over from Ireland. Unanswered prayers for Chris Gordon, five to two at the top of the market at the moment. Pull again, green, 100 to 30. Um, is this another Irish raid for us, Kevin? Yeah, it could be, I'd say, actually. Yeah, because they kind of did surprise, to me, surprisingly well um, at the last meeting. Um, like a John McConnell is going great guns in fairness to him and in hereditary rule here I think he has a very interesting one um, we haven't seen loads of them over fences but I thought the handicapper was kind of, you know you expect tough treatment from the from the British handicapper if you're if you're an, if you're an Irish uh, raider but I think he's actually been kind enough to this fella 
Um, to be able to run from a pound lower than, than when second as you tax it, or you know, a good enough second, you know, four runner race, albeit um, just a few months ago, and having won um, a novice that he was fully entitled to on his rating at, um, at, at, at lovely Cartmel. Um, like, he seems in really good order, like to find um, a much lower hurdles market at Dan Patrick last time. You wouldn't be able to do that in the UK, they, they, they don't kind of allow that sort of carry on, but should we allow all sorts in Ireland? But he was able to capitalize on that on that 30 pound lower mark. But he seems in great order. I think course distance will suit him just fine. And and yeah, I just I just think he's reasonably handicapped. And um, trainer in great order. Irish seem to be doing all right at the minute when they come over. So yeah, hereditary rule. Tom was a good fav. Okay, fair, fair. What about Pull Again Green, Tony, who I quite fancied in this? Obviously seen him to good effect at Cheltenham before. Um, would you have any interest at him at the prices, hundred to thirty currently? No, not at all. Um, I, I, I actually put up a stimulating song at forty to one on on Monday, and that's come that's come massively down in price. But not least because Banbridge uh, was the massive anti-post mover for the race, and that's going for the Arkham trial on Saturday. So the market's the market's totally changed since since earlier in the week. Um, and there's been there's been a proper smash up in this race already since the the decks yesterday. And that's unanswered prayers. Uh, opened up at seven to the sports book, thirteen to two, six to one general. It's so now into five to two, and um, you know it's 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 not it's not hard to see. Um, he is two pound out of the handicap here and makes his chasing debut. And obviously, chasing debut around Cheltenham is are never easy. But you know that 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 return run over hurdles in the in the Tote Silver Trophy just couldn't have, couldn't worked out any better. The first, the second. The sixth and the seventh all won on the next starts. So it's red dot hurdle form. Um, he's often to- talked about this as a chase room waiting before. So I can fully see the money for where the money from Unanswered Prayers has come from. But sevens into five to two, you know, I just have to walk away. But I hope Stimulating Song goes well, but I think he'll need softer ground than he's likely to. So I, I, I've not quite written it off, but I'll be pleasantly surprised if he, if he goes close. But no, the, the money's come from unanswered prayers, but seven to five to two, I'm just going to have to leave him alone now. But I can I can fully see him winning. OK, on we go to the veteran handicap chase at 2.55. This is over the two miles, four furlongs. Um, Dan, we'll come to you first here. We've got some old friends in here and at the top of the market, Bally Andy. I mean, he's raced 14 times around Cheltenham, won only twice, but he knows his way around here. He's 11 to four. Um, in a race like this, it seems short enough. Take yourself off mute and be a professional, will you? <laughs> no, just talking very quietly. Um, <laughs> um, Go on. Yeah, particularly at this trip, V, because, I mean, he always looked to stay, didn't he, even when he was running over two miles, but it took him until he was having underage cigarettes, let's say. He wasn't old enough to smoke, but he was he was having one behind the bike shed. Um, <laughs> like to to realise that he, he wanted three miles and... That's the concern for me because his jumping has never been great over fences and his run at Perth where it was maybe slightly better than none. That was three. He's cutting back in trip over big fences. Look, it's very nasty, this. I like the variety of a shorter distance veterans race, but it's it's hard when so many of them are basically stayers. And I came down with a an unconvincing win-only thought that Corto Rico might be the way to go. The yard have had one recent runner and he finished tailed off last. But... Um, He's tended to go well fresh. 
he too has got loads of form over further, but I don't think he's dead slow. And I know he's tricky and he doesn't show his form very often, but he's one of few who's got form over big fences like this. And yeah, it'd be proper roller coaster ride if he does manage to win because of the sort of horse he is. But yeah, that was my two penneth. And he's ridden by Brian Hughes, who remarkably has only been booked for two rides on Friday at Cheltenham, which, you know, like that's a quarter day for him, isn't it? He's riding one other, I think, at a relatively big price. as Well, not big price, but not a particularly fancy horse. And he just, it's that thing of, you know, how could you leave Brian Hughes in the weighing room? But anyway, well, easily. That... He's useless. No, <laughs> a terrible girl. He's been... Stop. <laughs> he's been... Any, anybody anybody back Puerto Rico to beat two for goals at Doncaster first time out last season wouldn't put him anywhere near a horse. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, I mean, Puerto Rico, I can fully see, I can fully see the angle with this one. He was second in the Peterborough first time up in 2019. I think he was fourth in a paddy power of 142 in 2020. And go back and have a look at that Doncaster race last year when Hughes gave it an absolute appalling ride to, to get that one beat. Um, he, I think he said at the time he was hanging from the second last, but not on my TV, he wasn't. Anyway, yeah, um, the angle went fresh for Quarto Rico is, is, a, is a clear one. He's a top prize fires with, with Betfair Sportsbook. In fact, I was going to tip him for this, but I went back and had a look and they kept the cheap pieces on him and, and nothing he's done in four starts in cheap pieces. And he's a tricky horse as well, you know, suggests that he wants them. So if he didn't come here with a headgear, I'd have tipped him, but um, no, it, because I, I didn't play there, I I haven't got a betting opinion in the race, but I can't have Brian Hughes being a, being one of the top jockeys. I, that, I'm being serious now. I know I was joking a bit earlier, but I just can't have that at all. He's already ridden over 100. Stunned stun silence. What, so you're judging audience. a good jockey by the number of winners he has? I think it's quite significant, yes. <laughs> 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 if he came a call in TC, I reckon you'd post a column for him. You are classic, Dad. Um, that is so good. Kevin, come on. This one go well. One to eight, Sedgefield. Come on. Go well. Two to seven, Sedgefield. Kevin of the old boys, where where did you go in this race? Are we, are we, are we missing Magic Dancer? Kerry Lee does so well with these sort of horses. Yeah, that, that's my selection, to be honest with you. Yeah. Oh. Um, as Dan said, like a lot of these are stairs. This fellow, in fairness to him, like mid, mid, mid-range trips are probably pretty good for him. Um, had, doesn't have a load of mileage over jumps. Uh, record when fresh is, is pretty solid. Um, look, Kerry hasn't had a winner for quite a while, but it, it's going to happen. And um, it might be this fella, you know, first go on a veteran chase. Um, I, I thought he was a pretty solid proposition, but, but I can't move on without having a slight dig at Bally Andy. Um, not so much the horse himself. I'd oppose him for the same reason that Dan did. But um, uh, aren't the, isn't the, this British National Hunt handicapper supposed to be <laughs> supposed to be, uh, you know, exactly where I'm going, Dan? He's, he's supposed to be especially kind to these veteran chasers. He's only gone and put poor old Bally Andy up three pounds for finishing two and a half lengths third last time. Come on, lads, that's not very generous. Poor old Bally Andy, 11 years of age. Ah, I tell you. If it, was Paul, well. if, it, if it was Paul Nichols, he probably would have dropped him five for it. You're <laughs> <laughs> always moaning. Yeah, I love, I, I, I love moaning. I love moaning. Anyone Kevin, um, that has been reading or listening to me for for a while would know. I just I can't help myself. I love it. Yeah, um, <laughs> let's stick with you, Kevin, for the Grade Two Ballymore Novices Head Live the Two Miles Five Furlongs, and um, because the Irish horse Winnie Mullins, Paul Town, and Rich Richie Colours Hugh Briscoe is in here at two to one at the top of the market. 
obviously got off the mark at Galway and then was beaten by in graded company by some nice types, I think, last time out. How's that form stacking up? Yeah, like I think that might be up a level for, from what he's meeting here. Um, yeah. I, I dare I dare say, like this horse has been kind of held in, in high regard for a while, um, was impressive at Galway. And you might say, oh, look, September, early September. But like the form, as his form all along isn't working out too bad. And last time, maybe you could say it was a shade disappointing at Tipperary, but um, he kind of made a mistake at the wrong time there. And like that form's not bad. Like Champ Kylie is going to go for the, the Royal Bond has looked quite smart, you know, Brazil, you know, Cheltenham Festival winner is going to run in the Fishery Lane in a few days. Um, like, it's not bad form at all. And um, it, it just might be a bit of a level up. Look, Trip is a, is a small question mark, but it, I think he'll be okay. And um, it, it just wouldn't be a shock now if he went off even. So I know, look, I know he's got some kind of fancy unexposed ones against him that might well be well regarded, but on the book, you know, I could see him going off shorter. Uh, and potentially kind of putting a feral stamp on these. But, um, yeah, that's my view. Well, Tony, of the ones in behind the betting, Hermes Allen comes next for Paul Nichols at 7-2 and Collector's Item at 9-2. Both of them come here off the back of winning their hurdles debut in decent enough style. Were you taken with either of those two performances? Yeah, but the problem with these races is very similar to two-year-old races, these kind of races. I mean, obviously, you've got a lot with winning profiles, you can give them all a chance. They're all probably improving, unexposed. Um, the one that Kevin mentioned, Habrisco, I mean, that opened up at fours in a place uh, on Wednesday morning uh, and is now into twos with the sports book. And, um, you know, again, I, I probably agree with Kevin. I think that form last time, you know, stamina is to prove. But most importantly, uh, uh, Willie Mullins did a stable tour with the Racing Post this week. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't mention Habrisco. Following the pattern uh, of recent weeks, if they don't mention them, they all get smashed up. And they all... <laughs> I love it. I like the theme. It's a good theme. I like the theme. I like the theme. It's been an ongoing one during stable tour season. But, uh, TC, unless, the, you... unless the racing post editors taking out all the juicy ones yeah. <laughs> and they're just smashing into the old ones that would have been written at me really yeah, well. For, for, like the Christ, for the Christmas expenses. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully um, they'll be trading them anyway because they've all been getting shinned. Yeah. TC, away from away from the races we spoke away from the ITV race on Friday you had one other horse to mention quickly before we move on yeah, to yeah it's very quickly uh, it was 20s and it has been backed in a little bit but there's extra places on the sportsbook for the last I thought great realisation for Philip Rockwell was was really interesting was second at Ascot last year uh, I think he's I think it's really stiff two miles will suit hopefully it's strongly run uh, he flew home at Ascot last year you can forget that run at the cover last time on the flat was poorly positioned on the track and the rider was having her first run, her ride of the season and only seventh in the last five years. But so in the circumstances, I thought that was a quite a good tee up for this. Um, stable won this race with a 33 to one shot last year and they nearly followed up with singing banjo from 13 pound out the handicap in a cross country chase. So hopefully Rockwell's got this one similarly teed up. And yeah, I thought with the extra places, great realisation, very competitive race. I thought, I thought that was that was very interesting each way with the sports book. Okay, and before we move on to Saturday, don't forget Betfair offer Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Bet ten on racing multiples and get a free ten pound bet on racing multiples. Uh, One forty-five, the Arkle Trial, two miles on Saturday at Cheltenham. Dan, we'll start with you. Um, some 
this is really interesting. I really like the look of this race. You've got Mon Moral up at the top of the betting at two to one for Paul Nichols, making his chasing debut off the back of obviously being an excellent juvenile, then struggling in his second season over hurdles, and now he's going chasing. Then Tommy's Oscar and Bambridge next best three to one and seven to two. And both of them have already had got that bit of chasing experience. So just even the top three in the betting make it interesting. Then you're down to Pentland Hills, who obviously won the absolute ridiculous race the other day. Impressive um, though, wasn't he? Very impressive. So impressive. I mean, so impressive. And what what, what a treat it was to see him. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I just find it a fascinating race. I haven't even picked one in it yet, but uh, what's your view, please? Uh, I like the bottom horse to some extent, Tommy's Oscar and... I can sort of see glory and fortune being saving material on the basis that his two runs over fences so far haven't lived up to expectations, but the fact they're giving him another go and he's got really good handicap form. But I actually think I'm worst placed of the trio to discuss this because TC was all over the Bambridge news earlier in the week, wasn't he, about where he might be going. And Kev is affiliated with Joseph. So as well as my question would be the trip with Bambridge as to whether we, it's almost like a... a a test to see if he is effective at it. Yeah, I, I mentioned it. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the, on the program. It's like he was fours into eleven to ten for the for the handicap chase on the Friday over two mile four, and I think because of the trip, everyone thought he was going there. So, what's the logic of him coming back to two miles or sub two miles for this kid? I think I hope he'll be okay. It, it, it's a case of trying and seeing it. You know, we're early in the season. Like he, I, I really like his jumping. Um, first time over fences, like he was very efficient, very straight. You know, you'd love his technique. He traveled great, good and strong up the run in. Like he was kind of, he was able to kind of barely get away with two miles over hurdles. You know, like he, he he did win over prior to going to Cheltenham. Look, two and a half clearly suits him too. But um, I wouldn't be shocked if he's okay. But look, early in the season, find out if you if you get beat and you come away with a, with a definite answer that he wants further. You know, you've learned something, and if he wins. It um it opens up options, but you, you'd be delighted with, with that chase. Well, I certainly was delighted with that chase and debut. I thought he was very good. And um, that experience was stand to him. He enjoys the track, etc. Certainly did over hurdles. So yeah, let, let's have a crack, see what happens. Am I presuming that he's your selection in this race, or is that wrong? Yeah, I wouldn't have a bullish view. I know I got I got a I've got a strong impression over the last couple of seasons of how the regard that that Paul holds Mon Morale in. And there are sort of they seem to be kind of buying their time with him before going chasing. So um he'd be one you'd fear, you know, chasing debut in a race like this is tough, but um like he was a high level hurdler and, and Paul just seemed, you know, this time last year, like he was he was really talking him up um as a potential well, chaser. After, so yeah, and obviously then they took him to Newcastle, didn't they, for the fighting fifth? And I think didn't he get an injury there? Um, it came yeah. back an injury, had like so much of the season off. And then I think the two runs after that were very much just that we'll run him because he's fit and he's back from the injury. But yeah. really, it was all about coming chasing. Yeah, look, look, after, look to nutshell, of the ones we've seen over fences, I'd be happy taking my chance with Banbridge, but but I would be I would be fearful of Mon Morale. Yeah, yeah. Surely the betting's paying a massive disrespect to sole pretender here, isn't it? Um now he's he's a good hurdler. He beat Durasso in a, in a Grade Three last year, and you know he took well to fences on his first two starts. And that third over course and distance last time when he was coming back from more at the finish was was a pretty good effort. I mean that, that chase form is is up there with, with the rest of these, and he's he's a sixteen to one shot and edging towards twenties on the exchange. I, mean, I thought Sol Pretender was by f- a, the standout of the prices here. Well, I don't normally tend to bet in novices' chases, and 
But the fact that he's a less sexier type than the likes of Mon Morale, I think he's he's being really underplayed in the market. So yeah, sole pretender at 16 to 1 plus on the exchange. I thought, well, that, I'm gonna might chuck a few good at that win only. They are sort of could potentially yeah. be circumstances, couldn't they, for a shock when you've got Mon Morale, big fences to be trying them for the first time. Bambridge, we've mentioned the trip. Glory and Fortune had two goals and didn't really relish it. And then Pentland Hills, obviously, although he absolutely hacked up in that walkover, you've got the slight concern uh, over him he, over he, big fences. Uh, he jumped, he jumped so well, it was, it was like the fences weren't even there. It was, <laughs> it, was it was it was very <laughs> it was, as, 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 as chasing debuts go now. I, I you don't think you'll get more formless than oh, that. It was, it, was, it was the perfect, it's literally Nicky Henderson's dream. That race is Nicky Henderson's dream. Like he's just in heaven. That's the absolute he, he was actually he was actually moaning about he actually he was a penalty. <laughs> well, they, 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 didn't. It's not true. They got, they got off. Anymore. Yeah, the, the yeah, rule was yeah. updated. Just coming back to sole pretender. I mean, there no, was another. Need to move on. If, if he sees off Bambridge early for the lead, he could get an easy one up front. Sole pretender. So yeah, I mean, sole pretender is the, by far the standout of any price in that race. Okay, on to the Paddy Power Gold Cup, please. Over the two miles for Dan, we will start with... Uh, no, actually, Kevin, we will start with you. It's another French horse up near the top of the... Well, is the current market leader at 92, French Dynamite. Um, for Miles Morrison here, coming here, obviously, off the back of the hurdle, nice hurdles prep win. Why are you laughing? Yeah, <laughs> I I, I'm going for editor and a geek here. Are you <laughs> actually? I, I you am, have, because, how can you go for a horse when you don't even know how it's going to be ridden? Held up. Because I, I, well, I, I know I was going to be written, and you do as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, you will be held have, up again here. I have none of the scars from last time, you see. So, and the, the, the old saying, if you, if you haven't. If you haven't been to the wedding, don't go to the funeral. But um, I, I, I think today might be, or, or Saturday, I should say, could be the day to catch him. Like, okay. like it was actually a good run. Look, obviously the tactics wound everyone up right. You saw it was unexpected, big drift. Um, had all the look of uh, let's let's have a run and get ready for a big day. This is a big big day. Um, you know his record around Cheltenham is very good, and uh, just a return to a more positive ride. Now will he jump out and make the run? And I don't know, but. You could certainly see him be, being bang up there. And I just, because everyone saw what happened last time, I, I thought the market might almost overbet that. And it hasn't. Like, he's, he's, quite, a, he's quite a big price. I was literally so, uh, just about to say, I was like scrolling yeah. down my thing, thinking, why, why isn't he at the 10 to 1 area? And I had to get all the yeah. way down. He's currently 14 to 1. That seems very big for him. Yeah, so maybe he might shorten up just because of that, that angle, that kind of sneaky, that sneaky kind of uh, conspiracy theory angle. But um, there's, there's a strong form of case there, written by our great friend Niall the Hooligan Hooligan. Um, I'm, hope, I'm hoping he can, uh, he can maybe return to more positive tactics and go very well. TC, what are you saying? Uh, I think he, I think he <laughs> will be held up again here. Um, the, na- the nature of this race is there is just shed loads of pace everywhere you look. Um, and obviously going up in trip, I think they might ride him a bit colder like they did last time, uh, but with maybe with a view to winning here. Um, no, I I looked at this race and I'm never I'm never scared of being ridiculed and laughed at. But uh, yeah, I've I'm I've backed Dayran de Karjak. Uh Now I appreciate he's effectively eight pound higher than when. Uh, getting chinned at better Weatherby uh, last time and he traded at 103 there, clearly hit the front too soon. Uh, but, you know, this horse has still been rated £16 higher in the past. Um, and, you know, he's, there's loads of negatives about it. I mean, like I said, he's out of the handicap. You know, he, 
he hits more fences than a gale force 10. You know, he's um he, You're really you know, selling him. He'll find any any way of getting beat, you know, going back to November 2019 for his last win. But you know, in isolation, that Weatherby run was a really good return. I think you can make excuses for him, you know, getting getting claimed late on on his first run back. He'll love his ground. Uh with a with a decent run round, um, which is never a given with him. Then he, you know, he, he off a mark of 130, even though he's out of the handicap, he, he's he's got a big chance. I mean, Harry Kimber, I've never heard of him, literally never heard of him. Uh, but and I went and had a look at his record. Actually, Harry Kimber, first thing I thought about when Harry Kimber was that um Harrison Ford in the fugitive, isn't wasn't he called Harry Kimber or something like that? Anyway, I can't like, remember. Harry Kimber, I think, might be a character in Peaky Blinders. Oh, but really? he could also be some sort of philosopher or something much more highbrow oh, than I'm familiar with. But I, I think he's a character. Could be a jockey. Oh, it was, it was a Kimball, jockey. wasn't it? It was Kimball Harrison Ford. If you, anyway, whatever. But, he, he, but he's got a very good strike. He's 17 from 66 at a 26 strength strike rate this season. That's his even better over fences. So uh, the fact I've never really heard of him before is, uh, I'll, with that kind of record, I'll take the five pound on board um, as a positive. Yeah, I thought... You know, everyone's going to dismiss him because he doesn't race up with a pace. And you, everyone everyone that you'll speak to the next day or so will say, you'll need to be ridden up with a pace in this kind of race. But with, with so much amount of uh, four goers in here, if he jumps adequately off that kind of weight, then, yeah, I can I, I can see him running a big race. He's 22 to the sports book. They're playing five places, but I'll be, I'll be inclined to back him win only on the exchange where he's, he's currently at the time of recording he's 28 to 1 so that'll do for me 28 to 1 or plus bigger on the exchange win only day ran the car crash the car crash right dan uh how's this race going to pan out um hopefully with french dynamite oh running out another very favorite. impressive you know cheers v uh, impressive <laughs> irish handicap win i just don't look at the quality of his form that third in the novice handicap I mean, he's only four pounds high. You know, the differential, you'd expect him to be six or seven more. That third to El Barra and Bustleton. Bustleton's won the Kerry National. El Barra saw off that really promising novice Ida's boy in a head-to-head -head the other day at Cork. just think he's got the potential to win this convincingly. And I know he has made the run in smallish fields in the past, but I don't think they'll try and lead cool Cody or if, if they revert to it with Editor De G, I think they'll happily track it. I think he's got more upside and I think 148 is pretty generous handicapping. I am very, very sweet on him. Favourite okay. shock. Very, very positive shout from Dan. Let's move on to the 255. It's the three-mile handicap hurdle. Um, Shearer is your current 100 to 30 favourite, coming here off the back of winning at the October meeting, now into a handicap, gone up eight pounds from that novice hurdle win last time out to a mark of 139 in here. Annual Invictus is interesting. Chasing season just hasn't gone well for him so far. Um, so he's back over hurdles. And then you've got even further down the likes of Paddley Roan Canoe, who I thought was far, like seven to one. I couldn't believe how short Paddley Roan Canoe was. And then a horse like Liz Nagar Oscar, 20, was it 2020? Stay as hurdle winner. Um, yeah. Angles to be in here at huge prices, Kevin. Ooh, where did you land? I thought Shearer was going to go off shorter and go and win. Okay. Um, I like his profile. I think he's he's really progressing now. I know there was kind of a there was Nichols has given a reason for him being maybe been a little bit disappointing last season. I think he, he was he was he was struggling a bit with um with shins, I think. I think he'd sore shins or something like that. Um and like 
I don't think he's the type of horse that's ever going to go and, and bolt up by a long way. You know, I think he probably minds himself a little bit when he gets there and uh, looks stay as well, track no problem. Um, I just thought he might be too progressive for these. Handicapper gave him a bit of a, a bit of a lash for, for what he did last time now, but I thought there was more to come. And I thought he, lo- he looked a pretty good fav to me. Yeah, he'd have to step forward again on what he has done, but he looks on that upward curve. Would you agree, Dan? Yeah, definitely. And that might count for a lot. I mean, there is an element of this. Like, you can, if, if they were humans, they're like a few of these, like 70 odd in the old folks home, reminiscing about the, the glory know, the days. days. Of all the glory days. Yeah. Uh, and maybe in that category, would we'll be on the blind side. But I do think there's quite oh, yeah. a few angles with him here. He won this race in 2020 off a pound higher mark. I think he was off 145. Is First he the time. one that jumped at Chase Fence is like a snooker table? Was that the Possibly. way he was described? I'm sure Possibly. that was. Yeah. yeah, anything with four legs that's got no agility, it probably was, yeah. Um, and then first time out last season, he ran an absolute smasher to push, gave weight to Thomas Darby and finished second to him in that long-distance hurdle. Paisley Park behind. Andy Kappa is returning now of 144. I don't think there'll be much middle ground with him. He'll either go very close or he'll blow out completely, but I was happy to chance him at those prices. I see there's been a bit of a nibble already, but he was eight's last show. That was that as a win-only proposition, I thought was quite appealing, mindful of the fact that he could run poorly. Okay, well, he's currently now at seven to one on the prices I've got. TC, are you going with one of these older, more exposed types or a sort of oh, yeah. less exposed individual yeah. like Shearer? Yeah. I think the horse you're referring to was a horse uh, in the same colours with the same trainer, Josh's Hill. Josh's Hill, yeah. Well done. Yeah. You're so right. Um, you're so right. Uh, I, like you, Vanessa, I was very surprised that Paddy, your own canoe, was seven to one. Uh, I thought he should have been a lot shorter. He's, he's, actually, he's, actually, he's actually been the punt of the day on Thursday so far. I opened up at 12s. Um, was 10s, 11s across the board. Uh, now 7's top price for the sportsbook are offering four places, and I think that's still the way to play it. Looking at the handicap ratings, I would I think there's a fair argument for saying this horse should be nearer favouritism than, than 7 to 1. Now, you know, the, the thing about this horse is, is you know, he, he goes really well when fresh. Um, he's down to a mark of 123. When you consider he was 142 at his peak and ran an absolute blinder and probably ground too soft first time out at Haydock last season of a mark of 135, then he is, I mean, Skelton's got him right and that first time out record would suggest it's more likely than not than he is handicapped to run an absolute belter here off that kind of mark. Um, three miles on good ground from what from the form book suggests that are his optimum conditions and I'm not at all surprised that all the double figures have gone and all the nines and eights have gone as well. I mean, I'm very, very sweet on this horse. One worry is obviously he's, he's you know, it's he's, he's not as if, you know, the handicap has done him a massive favour. It's not as if he's my usual 10, 12, 13, 14 year old. He's only eight. And that, like, his handicap has been really lenient here. And um, I know he's been chasing, he's coming back to hurdles, but he hasn't got any, he's hasn't got any big handicap chase entries. If he's cherry ripe here off that kind of lowly mark, he could take a lot of stopping. Okay. Battle your own canoe. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the 3.30, Tony, and we'll stick with you. The handicap hurdle over two miles, five. Uh, Henderson with two in here, two horses with very different profiles. You've got Wise Guy at 100 to 30 at the top of the market. Time flies by with much more hurdles experience at six to one. And then two Irish horses in unanswered and Ella Perfecta at 11 to two and five to one. Um, Where are you landing in this? Um, Do you have a strong view in a race like this? 
Yeah, I do, but not necessarily oh. a strong betting view. I mean, unanswered has been the one for money uh, on for at Thursday. I know it's. I know we mentioned the, the shortening prices, and it wouldn't take that much money, you know, twenty four hours out. But I mean, wise guys probably aptly named because everyone's going to look at that that um, that, that bumper defeat of yeah, the colours, uh, that bumper defeat of Hillcrest. Um, and even when you go back and have a look at that that Doncaster hurdles when over three miles, I mean, how how this horse has got in here off a mark of 119, I do not know. And it's just not the bumper form. I mean, that that hurdles win, the horse he beat by nearly eight lengths has come out. Although he's got beaten since, he's come out and showed himself 120 horse to get in a mark of 119, given the profile, given the connections. I, I think they couldn't believe. I wouldn't imagine they couldn't believe their luck. No wonder why he's 130 chance in here. Um, but the, the problem is that I mean there are a few you can put up against him. He, he did miss the rest of the season after that win in December with an injury, so you don't know how cherry ripe it is. I'm looking at his looking at his kind of like run style. Would he would he would he want ground that's likely to be, you know, really good ground by the time this race is run? If they if they don't water on Friday night, I'm not so sure. And the Irish are coming over mob handed, and you know, given the way that. How leniently the UK handicapper treats them. You've got to be worried about all of those as well. So uh, that's a joke, by the way, Kev. Um, <laughs> no, uh, like, like I say, Wise Guy's probably aptly named, and I imagine a lot of people will put him up as a certainty, but I just have a few doubts will put me off. But on, on what we've seen, a mark of 119 looks a bit of a gift, doesn't it? Okay. Uh, Dan, are you with Team Henderson, Team Ireland, or elsewhere? A bit of both, actually. I'm not really not strong. I just think this is a bit of a hornet's nest race. You know, a wise guy's one who, as Tony said, who could just dot up. But even time flies by. You look at the bare form of his two runs back and you couldn't couldn't really have him. He was being odds on not jumping well. At, I think it was at Nabbit, wasn't it? And then he's landed very short odds at Fontwell, not really telling us anything new. But he had two runs in handicaps prior to missing time. One was in that Betfair exchange trophy in which I think I'm... Was it not so sleepy beat Buzz that year? So it was a mustard renewal. And then he was off one to eight, finishing second to Miss Heritage, who's rated about £10 higher now. So he's got two really good handicap pieces of form. And I'd just, I'd also say, watch the market. Because if there's cash for him, it's a JP horse and Henderson at one of the, the figurehead autumn meetings. If there was money for him, I'd be very interested. And the the Irish angle certainly all perfected because I was very impressed with her. And um, she seems to have a, a a very likable way of going about things. Wrong trip two starts back where she excelled herself. And then I thought she came on again to win that competitive handicap. Okay, case made. Uh, we were going to go through the Lingfield races, but now we're in full jumps mode. There's no need to flick back to the flat. So you're not going to get tips out of us for the Golden Rose over six furlongs or the Churchill Stakes over 10 furlongs. And instead, we're going to skip straight to Sunday and the big race is back at Cheltenham. We've got the Schler chase and the Greatwood hurdle. And we'll go back to you, Dan, for the Schler. Um, Edward Stone is two to one on favourite at the moment on his seasonal reappearance, taking on Nube Negra. Obviously, won the race last year. Editor De G is at 13 to two. But we've already spoken about him going to the Paddy Power Gold Cup instead on the, the Friday, Saturday. Um, Sizing Potsy, 16 to 1, bigger price. So really, is it about the top two in the betting, Edward Stone and Nube Negra? I don't know. Editor, I'd sooner editors as you ran in this, really. They let him loose over two miles. I have no idea of running plans. That obviously makes it very difficult. And um, 
Edward Stone, you'd say, on last season's novice form, deserves to be a shortish price. But the day he got he came unstuck, if you recall, was Gentleman Demi blasting from the front of Aintree, which if editor De Gilles doesn't go to the Saturday meeting and goes to Sunday instead, it could possibly happen again. But obviously uncertainty about the race generally because he's he's declared in both or declared in one and entered in the other. Okay. Is that all you had to say on the Schler chase? Oh yeah, that's it. Right. Okay. Unless I went through Schler in a Dutch accent, but I won't. Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Oh, oh, Donald Trump. Go on, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'll, I'll drop it in later, maybe. I can't, I can't perform under pressure. <laughs> we, really, we really put you to the sword then. You didn't, you didn't like it. Uh, what about the Greatwood, Tony? Greatwood Hurdle, musical slave, five to two favourite for Philip Hobbs. Does he know next best at seven to two? No, this is wrong. I'm in the wrong race altogether. Uh, Thousand Tears, <laughs> Emmett Mullins, again. Yeah. Big field. Tasty handicap over here with form that I just don't even know like how to read the form. Obviously got a bit of flat form in there with Dad's lad. And Emmett is just a danger. I mean, surely he's four to one because he's trained by Emmett Mullins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's got a bit of flat form that give him a chance of that kind of mark. But, you know, he's 25 to one shot on what we can read in the form book. Uh, <laughs> it's four to one now. It could be fours on given that, given <laughs> you know, given the, the way they, they operate and, they land these these gambles nearly, you know, they nearly had it off in the um, November handicap as well recently, didn't they? But yeah, um, I have to respect the operation, but you can't back him at that. I put up two at the start of the week, uh, and I've had a fair 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 go on them both. Current mood at tw- uh, was then twenty to one. Obviously, I hope they would do this on first if you don't even know if they're going to be entered and etc. But I thought current mood was. Um, real big price at 20s. He's now about 10, 12s and 14s, I mean. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I cannot believe the stewards didn't go in hard on this horse for the comeback run at Foss Lass. I mean, it was the biggest eye-popper you can you can actually see in, in your life. I mean, I know Isabel Williams has got a quiet riding style, but, God, it was a, God, it was a promising run, uh, if you want to put it like that. Uh, last year... Current moves got lots of back form and gives them a brilliant chance of this kind of mark in the high 120s. I mean, that, that third to um, Blazing Carl and Jolino Bello, you know, subsequent grade two and grade one winners at uh, this meeting last year on good ground will give him ev- every chance. Two miles, good ground, strongly run race. Yeah, must go very, very well. Current mood, I would have thought. And the other one, I took a, I took a pop at first impression uh, at uh, 25 each way as well. Um, yeah, I mean, the, if you haven't, it's good. Been in winning form on the flat recently. Improved a bit there. Go back and have a look at his last run over hurdles. I think he should have won at Haydock last time we saw him over uh, over over the smaller obstacles. Off the same mark here. Those are those are my two each way four places. I played anti post current mood and first impression. I I, I really I, I particularly like the former. Uh, so hopefully that goes well. Current mood, current mood, getting a very strong nod from TC. Do you have a strong view in this, Dan? Uh, it's hard to have a strong view in a race like this, obviously. What I was thinking is when um, Betfair Barry's minions get into the active, you know, the decks come through and prices get updated and they're probably going to give extra places. I do think Severance is an obvious horse for an each way bet. And not just because he's got loads of places next to his name, but he just tanks <laughs> through every race. He's a bit of a, not much, the, the heartiest under pressure and he may just come unstuck but if you can get sort of tens plus about him with additional pl- places I can see that and the other angle horse I thought was Teddy Blue second in Adonis, and Adonis last season to Night Salute 
pulled way too hard on reappearance and then he just won by a mile the other day in a, in a race that was very winnable but he just got the style to me of a horse that will do better in handicaps he wasn't a bad horse on the flat so they were my two early darts they'd take some deterioration of the ground for me to i'd probably have i like to move it top of the list then but with conditions as they stand i'm quite happy to get two strong travelers on side with the forecast that seven should absolutely love that, that good ground and it, you know it could even if they don't water it could be going on the side of you know the, the quicker side of good by, by sunday mm. yeah so, we're not gonna have a meeting are we where it's dominated by sort of paddy and fergal coming as wide as possible I don't, it doesn't feel like it's going to be that does it yeah. well that's that's probably a relief to sam um, so positive nods from Dan for Severance and Teddy Blue, both 12 to 1 currently on the sports, but with Betfair. Um, let's do naps, guys. Now, my nap, I was going to put up in the Great Woods, but I just, I, I feel like she's become a cliff horse for me. Nina the Terrier. Someone stop me jumping off the cliff. Anyone? Do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> off you go, Vanessa. Off you go. Dan, Dan, you're my friend. Dan, I am, yeah. Help me. Well, Help she was me. shaping all right, wasn't she, until she came down. I don't think she'd have got to grips with the first two, but she was running an encouraging race. I just, I can't, I can't help myself. Stay on I'm the going bus. In again. And, well, yeah, I'm jumping off the cliff Oh, the gravy again. train, whichever one it is. It's the gravy train for me. Okay. Well, when the you bus, had the car chase last night, anyway. Yeah. I had card night at home. Oh, it's you had night. Nice. It's a big night, I'm afraid. What's, I can't, what's card night? Where we play cards. Obviously, uh. <laughs> card night. <laughs> Don't ask too deeply. It sounds no, like you've got another angle to it. Like, I'm no, with no, you. there's I'm no with other you. angle. It's just cards. It's a big. It's always a big night. Once a month, we play a load of cards, and it's just a big night, and I can't miss it. So it was card tarot night. cards. You were you weren't invited. You weren't invited, Vanessa, were you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, card night comes first and foremost. I'm afraid, and it's not tarot cards. We play. Um, a lot of games, but mainly poker. <laughs> so, so yeah. nice. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Curtains drawn, were they? Yeah, I know the games. <laughs> Dan Barber, give me your nap, please. Um, no messing around. Big race of the weekend. <laughs> French Dynamite. Another winner for the Irish Raiders, please. Great. Lovely. Great. You're very strong on French Dynamite. Take note, listeners. We. We. Uh, Go on, Kevin, your nap, please. Um, I'm going to go for Shearer in the, the Stay in Handicap Hurdle on Saturday at Cheltenham. Okay. Two favourites in big races at Cheltenham so far. and Running around the me. house afterwards celebrating like the great man used to. Yeah. TC? <laughs> I'm doing what I was doing instead of going to the cardios. I was paddling my own canoe last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I cannot believe and That's not a euphemism. No, paddle your own commu- a canoe. Uh, oh, that is a left field nap. Okay. Get in there. Wow. Wow. Okay. That wraps up the show, boys. Um, thank you very much for listening. Do not forget, guys, bet 10, get 10 on racing multiples Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Have a £10 bet and you get a free £10 bet on racing multiples. Uh, in the meantime, do enjoy the weekend. Gamble responsibly. Thank you very much for listening. And we will be back on Monday with Wade. Dippen.